and there's intimacy on the radio, and there's naturalness on the radio that can never be replicated on TV. The marvelous resurgence of radio as a political force in this country. News-related radio programming is evolving. There's a huge hole in our dialogue that can be filled by the synthesis of traditional radio and the freedom that comes from a live podcast. You're about to experience Cowboy State Politics Live. Here we go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another mind-blowing installment of Cowboy State Politics. From very high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the only silver Cowboy State Politics microphone, and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. We're back. I have to apologize for last week. You know, I had to put that on hold and make a trip down to Laramie. If you listen to Wednesday's broadcast, uh, it was an excellent interview with University of Wyoming professor George McSorry. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should really go back and give it a listen. Uh, George McSorry is one of the foremost experts on the Second Amendment. And, you know, I wanted to cut through all of the political noise surrounding guns and allow you to listen to it from somebody who knows. George McSorry is well-versed on the Second Amendment. And in the interview, I mean, he goes through a number of Supreme Court cases that uh, that some of them you probably didn't even know about. There was a couple of them that I had never heard about. So it's an incredible interview, and you should really go back and watch it. On this morning's broadcast, I've got a great show for you planned for today. Uh, There's a number of things that are happening, courtesy of the Pravda on the Platt. Uh, We're going to talk about how uh, Wyoming State GOP Chairman Frank Ethorn now has a challenger. Though... I don't think he's as uh, big a threat to Chairman Ethorn as everybody says, or at least in the in the Pravda on the Platte. Um, and then Redcoat Joe McGuire has challenged the creators of Wyo Rhino to a debate. I wonder how that's going to work out for him. But we begin this morning with the blaze. In an article entitled IRS Whistleblower Comes Forward, alleges Biden administration is obstructing the Hunter Biden investigation. Now, this came out yesterday, and it Honestly, my friends, it's a bombshell, but not in the way that you think. It's not a bombshell that, you know, something was revealed that none of us knew about. We all knew that Hunter Biden was getting a free pass from the IRS and the Department of Justice. Let's be honest, they've had his laptop for, well, since before the 2020 election, and they've done nothing with it. So obviously he's getting a pass because he's Joe Biden's little boy. From the article, and I quote, 
An IRS supervisory agent claims the Biden administration is ob obstructing the investigation into Hunter Biden and is seeking whistleblower protections. The whistleblower, according to a letter that attorney Mike Little sent nine high-ranking members of Congress, is a, quote, career IS criminal supervisory special agent who's been overseeing the ongoing and sensitive investigation of a high-profile and controversial subject since as early as 2020. According to the letter, the whistleblower's disclosures would, quote, contradict sworn testimony to Congress by, senior, by a senior political appointee. Most of us kind of think that's that's uh, United States Attorney General Merrick Garland. It would also involve a failure to mitigate clear conflicts of interest in the ultimate disposition of the case. In other words, it's all politics, my friends, as if any of us really had any doubt about that. The letter goes on to say that despite serious risks of retaliation, um, this whistleblower is offering to provide information necessary to exercise the constitutional oversight function of Congress. And he wishes to make disclosures in a nonpartisan manner to the leadership of the relevant committees on both sides of the political aisle. You see, that's how it's supposed to be. Our justice system, or perhaps we should start calling it our legal system, because rarely is there any amount of justice in it. But our our legal system is supposed to be nonpartisan. That is, if you violate the law, you should be punished, it, no matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. But as we all know, that is not the case. There are two systems of, of justice or two legal systems. Uh, there's one for us conservatives and there's one for the Democrats. If you're a Democrat, you can apparently get away scot-free. I mean, just think about Hillary Clinton and her 33,000 emails that were deleted. The cell phones that were bashed in with a hammer, nothing ever happened to Hillary except having to pay a fine. And here we are with President Trump uh, facing, well, he's been indicted, um, he's been charged, and he's evidently going to go to trial over a bookkeeping error. It's no different than you putting the wrong name in your check register. That's what he's being accused of. So there are two two legal systems in our country, and again, you know, we need to we need to stop saying that it's a justice system because it's really not. I mean, just think about there's a perfect example of ha right here in Hazard County. Oh, excuse me, Johnson County, Wyoming. It would appear that our our uh, the chairman of our Johnson of our county commission can get away with anything, and it all gets brushed under the rug. I mean, he got probably the worst DUI I've ever heard of. And yet all he had to do was pay a fine. And he did he did a year's probation. But that was it. If it were you or I or someone else that was not politically connected, then, you know, we'd probably still be in jail. My point being here, my friends, is that there really there really is two systems of justice. There's one for them and then one for us. Rules for thee, not for me. Now, I've got a soundbite for you from CBS News about this whole Hunter Biden situation. It's kind of long, but so we'll probably do a start and start, uh, stop and start. But here it is. Here's CBS News chief investigative correspondent Jim Axelrod. My client wants to come forward to Congress. He's ready to be questioned about what he knows and what he experienced under the proper legal protections. Attorney Mark Lytle's client is a supervisory special agent at the IRS who's prepared to tell Congress the investigation he's been working on has been hampered by what he thinks is special treatment. Typical steps that a law enforcement investigator would take were compromised because of political considerations. 
Lytle wouldn't talk in specifics, declining to identify either his client or the target of the investigation his client helped conduct. Can you identify him? I can't at this stage, Jim. But CBS News has learned the investigation the whistleblower worked on is about Hunter Biden. What we're Okay, again, this is no shock to any of us. The IRS has been a partisan organization for quite some time. Does everybody remember Lois Lerner when she was presiding over an IRS that was targeting conservative groups just because she disagreed with them? Now, if you listen to any of talk radio, uh, Sean Hannity, I, I listen to him not every day, but pretty often. He goes on all the time saying he pays his taxes and he pays all of them. In some cases, he pays more because he knows that if he doesn't, he's going to get audited. And, you know, the, like I said, the IRS has been a partisan organization for a very long time. Um, and, you know, that they're dodging this whole Hunter Biden thing is not surprising at all. Uh, uh, let's continue. Doing is, is being completely cooperative. That was Biden two years ago after the DOJ opened an investigation into his finances. The FBI collected what it believed was sufficient evidence to charge Biden with tax crimes. And last year, sent its findings to the U.S. attorney in Delaware. Since then, silence. Why can't your client talk to us directly at this point? There are laws that provide protection to whistleblowers, and he has to navigate that. Today, Lytle sent this letter to Congress, claiming his client could provide information that would contradict sworn testimony by a senior political appointee. I have promised to ensure that he's able to carry out uh, his investigation. CBS News has learned that was Attorney General Merrick Garland, who gave testimony about the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware conducting the Hunter Biden investigation. Lytle says neither he nor his client are motivated by politics. Would you find any evidence or allegation of a political agenda? No. To him, the truth is one truth. And there you have it. There is only one truth. There's not your version of it and then my version of it. There's only one truth. My friends, we have to get away from this whole idea that you can believe your own set of facts and then I can believe my own. There's only a fact is a fact. I mean, it is something that is documentable that has happened. Um, there, there is no two versions of it. But again, with our legal system, I mean, it just seems that like everything, so, you know, revolves around politics. Another good example is that in many Wyoming communities, uh, there's a serious drug problem. Now, there's a drug problem in just about every community, but it seems that judges are not handing out punishments in favor of, you know, plea bargains. I know somebody right here in Buffalo, Wyoming, that had two felonies for um, possession of methamphetamine, got caught a third time. Now, you would think three strikes and you're out, but that didn't happen. That individual got 30 days in jail. That was it. Now, again, depending on who you are and who you snitch on or, you know, what you tell prosecutors means that you don't get punished. The difference here is there is actually some punishment, you know, for those crimes. When you're talking about Hunter Biden and, you know, any other Democrat that's accused of wrongdoing, um, you know, there's there's no punishment whatsoever. They just get away scot-free. Moving on. It appears that Chairman Frank Ethorn has a uh, has a uh, opponent in the election of chairman from the Red Star. Ah, perhaps we should have some Red Star theme music for this. Oh, 
and I quote, Converse County rancher and former lawmaker Frank Moore is running for the Wyoming Republican Party's top post, making him the only confirmed challenger to the current state GOP chairman, Frank Ethorn. Quote, I think the Republican Party needs to be brought back together. It needs to have some healing. Moore said, I think Frank Ethorn has put in a lot of effort. He's a good man, but I'm just ready for a change. Moore served two terms in the Wyoming legislature in the early 90s and formerly sat on the board of directors of the Kansas City Federal Reserve Bank, according to a biography provided to the Red Star. Okay, we need to talk a little Wyoming legislative history. The history of Wyoming is not really a conservative one. Um, since the very beginning, our state was run by Democrats. It's absolutely true. During the Constitutional Convention, I don't even think there was a single Republican that was in attendance. So if you were a legislator in the early 90s, even if you were a Republican, the chances are that you weren't a conservative one, that you were very much a liberal one. And if you look at the at what, what Wyoming has done in the as a state, I mean, I, I think it was best put to me by this guy named Mike Lehman. He's the legislative liaison for the Catholic diocese in Cheyenne. He said that Wyoming is the most conservative socialist state in the in the entire country. And he's absolutely right. You know, there Wyoming spends a tremendous amount of money on duplicative social programs, most of most of which started way back, probably when Frank Moore uh, was was a legislator. But let's let's get to what he's actually saying. He says that the party needs to be brought back together. Sources told Cowboy State Politics yesterday that one of our wayward counties, Laramie County, has decided to pay the tremendous amount of money that they owe the state party. Hmm. They've been refusing to do that for I don't know how many years. And now all of a sudden they get a new chairman and they have voted unanimously, by the way, to pay their own shares. Okay, so that's one county. Now there's another one, Natrona County, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the program. Oh, by the way, if I, I forgot to tell you that at the bottom of the hour, uh, Jeanette Ward, uh, Natrona County Representative Jeanette Ward is going to join us on the program to talk about a recent meeting that she had with the uh, Republican women of Natrona County. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. So uh, back to what I was saying, Laramie County has paid the shares, their shares to the state party which kind of only leaves one county that's sort of out in the woods, uh, Natrona County. So what this guy is running for is to bring that one county back into the fold. Well, what do you think, what do you think is actually going to happen? When you hear politicians say stuff like, we need to bring everybody back together. We need healing. We have to unify. Frankly, my friends, we don't need to unify with redcoats. We, we never should because it forces us to compromise. Now, generally speaking, when you, when you think about the word compromise, it means two parties getting together and coming up with a solution that neither party is happy with. But that doesn't happen. It is we conservatives that compromise all the time. The left doesn't compromise on anything. And so when you hear things like brought back together, we need some healing, we need to unify, really what they're saying is that we need to adopt more liberal policies because that is exactly what happens. And if you look up, look at the makeup of the of Natrona County, it is full of a bunch of redcoats. Think Pinocchio Joe McGinley. That guy is redcoat number one. He was one of the main founders of the Frontier Republicans. Many of you don't remember this, but when they had their little coming out party, 
Um, he called all conservatives cockroaches. In fact, I need to pull out that, that soundbite and play it for you on Saturday's program. But none of these people are conservative, even though they claim to be. Later on in the article, Frank Moore calls himself a strong conservative. Okay, what does that actually mean? Well, if you're a conservative, that means you believe in founding principles, that you believe that the Constitution means what it says, and it says what it means, and we don't need to, we don't need to introduce anything more to it. You just just conservative. The reason why politicians use words like strong and solid is to lead you to believe that they are something that they are not. You don't have to qualify a statement if you are what you say you are. Have you ever noticed that conservative politicians around our state uh, really don't ever have to spin their votes? Have you noticed that? Most of them publish their voting record on their own website or on Facebook. The reason for it is we don't have to justify our position to our constituents because we didn't lie to them to get elected. And that's exactly what is happening with a lot of these really liberal people that happen to just call themselves Republicans. They're redcoats, they're frontier Republicans, and they are not conservatives. Let's go to the break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to get to some audio of what happened at the Republican women of Natrona County. Cowboy State Politics is your source for fair, true journalism in the state of Wyoming. I know it's crazy to think that the most conservative state in the country only has one really conservative news outlet, and you're listening to it. Now, you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these guys that thinks that you're informed because you pay attention to the Wyoming press, well, what you need to do is go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, and find out that you've been wrong all along. Yeah, I know. It's probably going to hurt your feelings, but sometimes that's necessary. Just ask the Redcoats. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And then every Thursday at 10 a.m., Cowboy State Politics Live. You know, the program you're listening to right now. I cover mostly national issues on the Thursday program. You know, the stuff that we don't get to at other points during the week. You can find the link to the live program at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. So check out all the Cowboy State Politics episodes every single week. And now, back to the program. Welcome back. David Iverson, Wyoming's conservative voice, documented to be almost always right 98.975% of the time. That's the fun part about speaking the truth, my friends. You never have to, well, you almost never have to go back and, and explain yourself, much like a lot of these redcoats. 
Now, as I mentioned before the break, I've got some audio for you from the new chairwoman of the Natrona County Republican Women. Now, what's what's happening in this in this soundbite is Casper Representative Jeanette Ward made an appearance and was just kind of giving a legislative update. And the new chairwoman of the Natrona County Republican Women asked a question. Here's the first part of it. I do. Um, I truly, truly believe in the separation of church and state. It was put there for a reason. And I think the Republican Party has a really ugly steep hill to try to get over if we keep forcing so many women out because of the abortion issue. I just want your opinion on that because I think that's why we lost so many primaries was because of the abortion issue. Not in Wyoming. The truth is, in Wyoming, conservatives won a lot of elections. Now, a lot of times when people say things, you have to you have to try to think of what they really mean, because some, sometimes you call it like a Freudian slip where you inadvertently tell the truth. Well, what what Lafferty is telling you there? And <laughs> I mean, sometimes people's names are just appropriate. But Lafferty is saying, well, one of the reasons we lost so many elections is because of this abortion issue. The truth is, that is exactly why they lost a lot of elections. There were liberal politicians across the state that lost their seat to more conservative members of both the House and there was at least one in the Senate. The reason why they lost is all of these legislators are not are not listening to their constituents and they're not actually acting nor voting like they're conservative. And abortion is the big one. It is the first plank of the Wyoming Republican Party platform that everybody has a right to life. And as conservatives, we believe that in life from conception to natural death. And even though we don't like any of these uh, exceptions, you know, with uh, with House Bill 152 that was passed in this last uh, last legislature, the exception for rape and incest um, has a, ca- a caveat, I guess you could say, on it that those crimes have to be reported. If they're not reported to law enforcement, then there is no exception and there is no abortion. So that's, you know, I mean, that's, well, I don't like it. Um, that was the exception that was added and the bill passed. So, you know, that bill, even though it's being challenged in court, uh, it's the strongest abortion bill that we passed in a really long time. Now, of course, there's a problem with Lafferty saying anything about the uh, the separation of church and state, but I'm going to let Representative Ward handle that one. Here's the rest of that soundbite. And I mean, I think that once again, there is a separation there between church and state. And right now the church is trying to force their opinion and views on abortion into the state and the government. And somehow the Republican Party and we the people need to figure out a way that you can be okay with it, but you can't put this hard line down because we will lose. Biden will. Whoa, 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 whoa. Find a way where you can put up with it? Excuse me? This is the chairwoman of the Natrona County Republican Women saying that you have to put up with abortion. You just have to. And we're doing it all so that we can win elections. The truth of the matter is the state of Wyoming is moving farther to the right with each successive election. Several years ago, there was only one or two conservatives in the House of Representatives, and then it moved to five, and then to eight, then 16, and now there are 26. 
So there's absolutely no reason whatsoever that any of us need to put up with abortion. That's ridiculous. Win again. If if we keep doing that, I, he just will. So what is your opinion on that? How are we going to find a middle ground? Because it can't be 100 percent. You'll never win. Well, I think that Republicans ought to follow the Republican Party platform on this issue, number one. Number two, bravo, the separation bravo. of church and state is not in the Constitution. It was meant to keep the state out of the church, not the church out of the state. And having said that, murder is not, uh, it's uh, many religions hold that murder is wrong. I think perhaps what we disagree on is whether abortion is murder or not. So surely we can agree that it's not okay to murder a person. So I think where we disagree is what is a person. I'm just stating that I, the Republican Party is going to continue to lose if they continue down that path. I'm sorry. I mean, I was raised in a very Christian home, but today's, today's young girls, today's women, today's men are not, they're just not. They're, they're just not. Okay, so basically what she's saying is that, you know, she was raised in a Christian home, but, you know, we have to win elections, so we're just going to sacrifice our principles. This is exactly the problem that we have with our legislature and, frankly, our, our entire government, that people don't really have any principles. Because if you're going to sacrifice them in any way at any time, that means you don't have them. You know, Rush Limbaugh said that a moderate is just somebody that doesn't know what they believe. And that's exactly what th what this is. You know, you have somebody that claims to be a Republican, claims to be a conservative, um, is the chairman of the of the Natrona County Republican women saying that, well, you know, we're just not going to win elections. So I'm going to compromise the most important value that any of us could possibly have. I wonder if she looks at her uh, at her grandchildren or her children and thinks, well, you know, I guess I could have gotten rid of that one. The truth is, my friends, that abortion is murder, plain and simple. That's it. Here's the rest of it. And I know a lot of women who have said that they will not vote Republican as long as we hang on to that platform of cut and dried, none. They're just not going to. We're going to have to find some type of a, just like they got, they're trying to get rid of the um, morning after pill. That's ridiculous. Well, we, that's what SF 109 does. We passed a law that prevents abortifacients. And that's, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I think we can agree that there are many religions that consider murder wrong. But religion should not come into our government. You're, you're there to, to govern me, not to <coughs> control my beliefs. My, my beliefs are my beliefs. My religious beliefs are my religious beliefs. The government should not be able to tell me what my religious beliefs should be. And that's where I think you guys cross the line. Couldn't we agree that murder is wrong? Even secularists agree that murder is wrong. I don't know. There's a lot of states that you can, uh, you know, have a terminal illness and choose to end your own life. Is that not just murder by doctor? I mean. Well, I profoundly disagree with that as well. We need to respect so, life at both ends. Right. From so I'm just, I think mean, maybe I'm voicing the wrong opinion to the women in this room, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, well, it's an opinion that a lot of us don't share, lady. I mean, her that entire thing she said is absolutely laughable. So to kind of summarize what Jeanette Ward was saying, and we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes, 
But this whole separation of church, church and state thing, it's not in the Constitution. It never was. In fact, that phrase comes from a letter that was written to written by Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists. See, the Baptists were worried that after the Constitution, they were going to be forced to become Catholic. So in Jefferson's letter, and I think there, I'm pretty sure there's a link at CowboyStatePolitics.com uh, where you can read that original letter. Um, in fact, I'll put it back up there after the program. But what he was saying is, no, 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 no. You don't have to worry about the government forcing you to believe one way or another. There is a wall of separation. And the, what he meant is that the government doesn't have any place in the church, not the reverse. Do you know where the largest church in Washington, D.C. was for over 100 years? It's the Capitol building itself. For over 100 years, over nine denominations met every Sunday in the Capitol building. Sometimes the Marine Corps band played the music for all of the hymns. Thomas Jefferson himself was a pew holder there. If you walk into the Capitol Rotunda, even today, you could do it tomorrow, every single painting on the wall has a Bible or somebody praying or, or some religious connotation to it. The whole idea that we are not a Christian nation is, is farcical, at, I mean, at the very least. Absolutely, our country was founded as a Christian nation, and it needs to, be, and it needs to continue to be that. The problem is you have people like Lafferty, who think that killing little babies is okay, that sacrificing our principles for to win elections is okay, and that you, the little people, just need to go along with it. Well, my friends, as conservatives, we should find that idea absolutely revolting. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, to me, it's reprehensible that you would even try to justify killing a little baby. Well, after the break, uh, we're going to speak with Casper Republican uh, Jeanette Ward. Uh, let's get a word from our sponsors, and then we'll talk to the good representative. If you've lived in Wyoming for any length of time, you know that that white stuff is not done flying around, even though it's April. You are still, on occasion, going to have to get out and shovel the walk. And at other times, it might be 70 degrees, and you'll have to go out and start getting the yard ready. Either way, you need to take care of your feet while you're doing it. The Buffalo Wool Company makes the most amazing socks that I've ever worn. They'll keep you warm in the winter and dry in the summer, and they have a wide variety of different socks. They've got some cruise socks for if you wear tennis shoes or all the way up to boot socks. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing outside during this Wyoming spring, you should probably be wearing a pair of Buffalo Wool Company socks. Go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com, and take care of those feet of yours, because they certainly take care of you. As you no doubt are keenly aware, I'm a fan of just about any Wyoming company. Just about, I said. And one of them you should really check out is New Trend Hats. They're a company that's based in Kemmerer. They make those hats with a really cool ponytail hole on top of them. And right now they have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. Being as cold as it is, you definitely don't want your ears to get cold either. So go check out New Trend Hats. I'm sure you'll find one to keep those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. That's New Trend Hats. And now, back to the program. 
Joining me on the phone is Casper Representative Jeanette Ward. Jeanette, welcome to the program. Hey there, David Iverson. Thanks for having. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Oh well, you're welcome here anytime. It's been a while since you've been on the show, so why don't you just take a minute or two and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I am the Wyoming House District Representative from District 57. That's Chuck Gray's uh, old seat, and that, those are big shoes to, f- to fill. And so I'm trying to do my best to be a fighting conservative. And uh, that leads me to some battles sometimes. Uh, just a few of them. So uh, before the break, Jeanette, I played the audio from your uh, appearance on uh, at the Republican Women of Natrona County. Um, Before we get going, um, I wonder if you could just give us your impression of what happened there. Well, they invited me to to come and speak and give um, my opinion for about five minutes, although they didn't enforce that time limit for some other legislators, um, regarding how the session went. And so I gave my introduction. I talked a lot about the pro-life bills because I was proud to support those. And then during the question time, the president, Elaine Lafferty, um, kind of questioned and slash debated me on uh, whether it was good to be pro-life or not as a Republican, which I found surprising since she is the president of the Natrona County Republican Women. And the Natrona County Republican platform includes pro-life as part of its platform. So I found it very surprising that she would argue with me about whether it's good to be pro-life as a Republican. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Jeanette, because there's this cool little device called the Internet Wayback Machine. You ever played with that? (laughs) Yes. Well, for Miss Lafferty, uh, the Internet is forever. Um, So I pulled up the 2016 Natrona County Republican Party platform. And before we get to the abortion thing, I, I noticed right before I came on the air that uh, there's one thing that I wanted to point out to you since you've kind of this is one of your big deal was one of your big deals during the legislature. But plank number six says that the Natrona County Republican Party be- believes that we should oppose any teaching or encouragement of homosexuality as an acceptable alternative lifestyle in all public schools. What do you think about that one? I agree with it wholeheartedly. I support the Republican platform. <laughs> well, and that's the fascinating thing about it. You know, all these people that claim to be Republicans, uh, I, I wonder if they've even ever read the Republican Party platform. It appears that they have not, <laughs> since they contradict it when they speak publicly. And uh, by the way, that re- that Natrona County Republican Women meeting was a public meeting, they posted the the entirety of the meeting on Facebook, and that's where that clip comes from. Well, yeah, and the whole thing, I mean, it's it's not surprising that, you know, Elaine Lafferty doesn't really believe in the party platform. I mean, the Natrona County is arguably one of the most liberal counties in Wyoming. I mean, second, of course, to, to Teton County. But let's get to some of the other planks in the 2016 platform, and then, and I mean, I guess we don't even have to really reread them from 2018 because it says exactly the same thing. But um, it says that we believe that an unborn child has a fundamental right to life that cannot be infringed. We believe that we should outlaw abortion unless it's life threatening. 
We believe that abortion is a preferred alternative to abortion, and and we support legislation that would encourage adoption and protecting adoptive parents. And then here's here's the coup de grace on this one. We believe we should support protection of the unalienable right to life from conception to natural death. Yes, and that's funny you mentioned from conception to natural death, because in her debating with me, she mentioned that apparently she's okay with killing old people. I mean, I as know as well as the unborn. I mean, that whole soundbite is was really was really pretty incredible to me. Now, like I said, the 2018 platform, which I also got off of uh, the Wayback Machine, it says exactly the same thing. And that's the version that's posted on the Natrona County Republican Party website right now. I checked it like right before the program. Um, so, I mean, there's no yeah. there's no doubt that, you know, what these people write down and what they say they believe in is not exactly the truth. I mean, Elaine Lafferty is in, is a perfect example of that. Well, frankly, I, I wish they'd be honest. Look, if you don't support the Republican Party platforms, then run and be a Democrat. Well, they wouldn't get elected it, it, if they did you that, obviously. <laughs> well, let's let's be honest, at least. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you were you're up up in front. I mean, were how was the crowd? Were they were they agreeing with their their chairwoman or I mean, were they get were you getting the nods from them? So it's a pretty small crowd, uh, maybe 15 tops in that room. And I would say maybe the uh, one or two were in agreement with me, but the, the rest were nodding with her, which I was saddened and shocked to see. Well, I think that that tells you a lot about the makeup of the Natrona County Republican Party. I mean, there's like you could pro, you could pick up the Casper Star uh, Pravda on the plat. Uh, any day of the week. And there's there's some article in there somewhere that's berating conservatives. I mean, it's the truth is you're you're a, a representative in a pretty difficult town. Yeah, that's true. So but I am grateful to the Natrona County Republican women that they did invite me to speak and they helped me get my message out. Well, and, yeah. the, and the fact that Elaine Lafferty said those things is um, her message is now being amplified, and we the people are learning who the Republicans of Natrona County are, which is fantastic. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, if there's, if there's any good thing that comes out of any of these public meetings is the general public gets to learn who these people really are, because, I mean, for the longest time, um, they've knocked on your door and they've said, hey, I'm a conservative, you should vote for me, when the truth of the matter is they yep. are. I mean, they, they, they couldn't be farther from that. Uh, so let's let's kind of move on a bit, Jeanette. Um, so what are you what are you going to be working on uh, during the interim? So what I I'm going to tell you what I wanted to work on okay. and what's not on the list. I wanted to talk about medical freedom because it was shocking to me in a state as red as we are that we couldn't pass uh, banning face masks, vaccines and uh discrimination based on on those things and testing. So I wanted to talk about that. And so did several of the other conservatives on my Labor and Health Committee. And that's not one of the topics we're talking about. Surprise, so surprise. I find that to be disheartening. Yeah, well, you know, the, you know, most people know that conservatives are not in power in the Wyoming legislature. And it's, 
You know, it's the people in power that set the agenda. But it should be telling for everybody that that these folks are unwilling to discuss things like medical freedom or, you know, pornography in schools or or any of these things. Uh, yes, it should be indeed. And I hope that folks are uh, paying attention to that. Um, by the way, the next joint uh, Labor, Health and Social Services uh, interim committee meeting is next Thursday and Friday at 8.30 a.m. at 444 West Collins Drive. That's the Syrah Thompson State Office Building. So I hope that some folks will uh, come and listen there. Um, on Thursday, the 27th, the, the first topic on the agenda is emergency medical services and funding. And um, my first question um, to that, to those who come to speak there and ask for assistance from the government is, have you ever, or do you now require medical testing, vaccination, or the wearing of masks? And if you do, I'm not that inclined to come and help you. Well, and I, I think that's the right answer, Jeanette. I mean, that's, you know, I, I am absolutely shocked at how many, I mean, I guess we could call them sheep or people that are uninformed, or maybe there's some mental problem going on. But like I drive around, not so much in Buffalo, but drive around in Sheridan every day. I see people driving around in their car with a mask on. You know, I, I just. That's insane. <laughs> I know. There's, there's this guy that lives beside, or actually he lives on the floor up above me in the apartment building. Well, every morning at 6 a.m., you know, my, my apartment overlooks the, overlooks the park. And every morning at 6 a.m., he's out there walking his dog. And there isn't a soul around for 200 yards. And here he is walking around in the park with a mask on, walking his dog. Well, um, I guess I would conclude to that from that that uh, he likes to breathe in his own toxins that his body is trying to expel. So I guess, I guess the question, Jeanette, is how do we get people to to move past this whole, you know, masks that don't work and vaccines that are harmful to you? I mean, how do we get people to understand that those things aren't needed and, in fact, they're harmful to them? Well, I think that most of the freedom-loving people in Wyoming do understand that. That's why when they see signs on uh, store doors that you have to wear a mask here, they just don't comply, the majority of them. And that is why I love the freedom-loving people of Wyoming. And if we can just inform them what's going on in the legislature and what's going on at the local Natrona County Republican women meetings, I know that those freedom loving people will do the right thing. I trust them. Well, I think I think when people people become informed, um, you know, not all the time, but I think when a lot of the time when they know what's happening, um, they they see that that it's not the, th the same things that they believe and that they get active and do something, you know, whether it's um, start attending county party meetings or, you know, attending the um, the health health and human services committee that you mentioned. Um, but I, I think that we just got to keep educating people and, you know, keep telling them what the truth is. Um, I've got about a minute yeah. left. Um, could you could you tell our listeners um, how to get a hold of you if they uh, if they want to talk to you further about this or about any any other uh, matters? Absolutely. They can find me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at jdub for w or JW4W if they just search that. They can find me on my website, JW4W.com. That's with JWFORW.com. Or they can call me on my cell phone 
at 307-222-9747. I'm happy to serve them. Well, Jeanette, thank you very much for taking a few minutes this morning to visit with me. And I'm, I'm positive that we'll be talking in the near future. Well, thank you for having me. I'd be delighted to talk to you. <laughs> All right. Have a good day, Jeanette. You too. Bye-bye. Let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the program. Do you like hot wings? Well, if you don't, what the heck is wrong with you? Well, my friends, I happen to be obsessed with them. And the best wings you're going to find in the state of Wyoming come from the Wing It food truck. They make the most incredible wings. And it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're amazing. And the way that you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com, and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you can find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. Morton Buildings is one of the leading metal building companies in America. They manufacture a lot of their own materials, and they've been doing this longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter if you need a garage or a barn or maybe a roping arena so you can do all of that rodeo stuff when it's 23 below zero, or perhaps a giant warehouse for your business. You should give my friends Nick and Jesse a call at 307-674-2532. Just tell them what you're thinking, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. And now, the conclusion to our program. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of legislative rating systems that are, are starting to come out. In fact, I think right now there's there's four of them out. Uh, there's one called YOVote, which I consider to be the most accurate legislative ratings uh, website. And what that what that one does is it rates every single roll call vote as to whether or not that vote was conservative or liberal. Uh, there's another one that's called Evidence-Based Wyoming. Um, and the only thing that one does is charts how often somebody votes with the Republicans versus how often somebody votes with the Democrats. Uh, the the Sheridan County Republican women have also released uh, their own ratings, um, their own ratings. And what they did is during the legislative session, they have what's called the Legislative Action Committee, and they take a look at bills they want to support or oppose. And then they send out emails to all the legislators saying, hey, here's what we've learned about this bill, and we think you should vote this way. So they took all of those bills that they either opposed or supported, and then they rated all of the legislators as to how they voted according to their recommendations. And then the final one is called Wyo Rhino. And that one is a topic of conversation with the Red Star this morning. What, what, what Wyo Rhino does is they take 10 bills and they rate them according to the Republican Party platform. And all they do is they say, this bill is conservative, this bill is not. And then they just add up the number of votes, and then that's how they come up with their rankings. 
So from the Red Star, in an article entitled, Wyo Rhino Anonymously Labels Politicians, its targets are inviting the owners to a debate. And I quote, Now, the Natrona County GOP is planning to call out the veiled actors behind Wyo Rhino and invite the owner and whomever else is involved in the website to a public forum where they can talk face-to-face with those that they have labeled rhinos. The Natrona County GOP Executive Committee voted Tuesday uh, to extend that invitation and arrange the forum for its central committee meeting in August or September. Joe McGuire, chairman of the Natrona County GOP, Redcoat Joe McGuire, and himself, himself a former lawmaker whom the website labeled a rhino, said he intends to have a professional mediator facilitate the discussion. The county GOP executive committee will advertise a public invitation through Wyoming newspapers and whomever is behind Wyo Rhino. Since there's no direct contact information for the website's owner, that invitation will likely go out next month. Now, here's, here's the fun part. McGuire said, quote, their cowardice comes through. So then to the people in the state of Wyoming, the statement is, how much weight do you put behind this website? They don't even show up to a public forum to discuss who they are, disclose who they are. They're completely anonymous. Well, first of all, Joe, nobody from Wild Rhino is going to answer a single email from you. They haven't answered one from me, and nor do I think that they have to. Facts are facts. Now, of course, there is some some judgment in how they figure out which bills are conservative and which ones are liberal. But on the whole, your votes don't lie, Joe. And in fact, in, in, in discussing things that don't lie, let's take a look at Redcoat Joe McGuire. In the 2000, oh yeah, by the way, he got beat by a conservative in the last election. Uh, Tony Locke, I think is his name, but Joe McGuire. During the 2022 legislative session, he voted with the Democrats 84.21% of the time. 84.21% of the time. I don't know about you, my friends, but if somebody votes over 80% with a Democrat, does that not make them a Democrat? I mean, surely if you talk to Joe McGuire, he would refer to the conservative that beat him as a hardline or right wing. So if you vote with a Freedom Caucus, most of the time you are allegedly right wing. So what does that say about someone who votes with the Democrats most of the time? Huh. I would say that makes him a Democrat that can't spell and who is only a registered Republican so that he could get elected and then get beat. Now, the other ratings websites that list Mr. Joe McGuire on it is Vote. During the 2022 legislative session, Vote had him ranked 42nd out of 60. 42nd. Now, you have to understand the House of Representatives down in Cheyenne. There's a big split between those people who are conservative and those people who are liberal. Those who are on the more democratic side of things are really liberal. So to give you some context here, um, the person directly above Joe McGuire on the wild vote list is Dan Zwanitzer. You know, the guy that can't follow the Constitution or the guy that uh, gerrymanders his own house back into his old district so he can get elected or the guy that votes with the Democrats almost all the time. Now, directly below Joe McGuire is Redcoat Speaker of the House Albert Somers. 
one of the most liberal members of the House of Representatives. This year, he ranks almost down with all of the Democrats. In fact, he's only a couple of spaces above them. And below Albert Somers is Bob Nicholas. Yeah, you know, chairman of the Appropriations Committee. The guy that, oh, just love him. The guy that gutted every pro-gun bill in the session. Ah, he's also the reason why we don't have a, um, a an anti-ESG bill. Oh, yep, yep. And he's also the guy that gutted Chloe's law that would have prevented people from butchering little children in transgender surgeries. Those are the kind of people that Joe McGuire is hanging out with. And then, of course, there's Wyo Rhino, and he's particularly disturbed about this one. He got a 20%, which, by the way, I think that that's a little generous considering who Joe McGuire is. He should be thanking them. He didn't get a zero after all. I mean, A for effort there, Joe McGuire. So in his uh, request for a debate, I'll say this, Mr. Joe McGuire, since Wyo Rhino will not accept your invitation, nor should they, I will debate you anytime, anywhere, name the place. The only thing I ask is that we agree on who a moderator is. And by debate, I don't mean a dumb public forum like you want so that you can control the situation. We'll debate conservative principles. A debate, if you have the guts. Next thing on the agenda, ESG. There's a great article in The New American entitled uh, Biden's ESG Agenda. Now, if you don't know what The New American magazine is, it's put out by the John Birch Society. Um, they're um, pro-American, pro-freedom. It's a great magazine. And every single month, actually twice a month, I think, uh, they have uh, um, they put out some really scholarly articles. And this one happens to be on Biden's ESG agenda. Quoting from the article, the foundation for ESG was laid more than 30 years ago by the Business Council for Sustainable Development at the 1992 Earth Summit. For that United Nations confab in Rio de Janeiro, the BCSD uh, effected a carefully timed release of its book entitled Changing Course, A Global Perspective on Development and the Environment. The BCSD uh, changed into the World Business Council for Sustainable Development and has been intimately connected to the Swiss-based World Economic Forum. If you pay attention to any conservative publications, you'll, you're familiar with that group of people, led by the ever-spooky Klaus Schwab. Uh, the next major step that built the BCSD Foundation came in 1999, when then UN Secretary General Kofi Annan went to the World Economic Forum's annual Davos Extravaganza and came up with the UN's Global Compact. You see, what we're experiencing now with all of this ESG, and ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, and it's all about um, uh, Marxist inve um, investing, because that's, that's really what it is. Um, it's, it's run by a bunch of globalists, and they think that um, banks should only give you money if you're a business, um, if you agree with their political ideology. Now, this particularly is harmful to Wyoming, since the vast majority of our, our income comes from natural resources, coal, oil, natural gas, um, um, and all of, all of our extractive industries. Trona, Trona's not talked about all that often, but none of those are going to fit with the ESG agenda of big lenders. So back to the article, um, this World Economic Forum claimed 
the support of thousands of companies, business executives, and stakeholders. Stakeholders is in quotations. Uh, the following year, 2000, the UN held its Millennium Summit in New York City, which resulted in the UN's promulgation of its Millennium Development Goals. You notice how all of these things, really fancy names attached to them that really don't mean anything. They do that on purpose so that you think, wow, you know, that sounds like a really fantastic group. You know, I'm sure they're doing some fantastic things. Well, anyway, this this all turned into what was called Agenda 21, a massive 351 page scheme to control all human activity and all of the natural resources for the entire planet. And that includes oceans, seas, lakes, rivers, streams, swamps, wetlands, mountains, deserts, prairies, tundras, forests, glaciers, air, minerals, energy farms, rural areas, cities, manufacturing, business, schools, healthcare, women's rights, virtually everything. The, the whole push behind it is control. That is, to control you. And we're seeing a lot of that happen right now. Like I said, there was a couple of bills in the Wyoming legislature during this last session that would have put a halt on any ESG investing by the state of Wyoming. And of course, Bob Nicholas, the, you know, the guy right behind Joe McGuire, he butchered those bills so they wouldn't do anything. And so right now, the state of Wyoming does invest with some of these uh, uh, you know, lenders that agree with all of this ESG stuff. So the the Agenda 21 morphed, morphed into UN's current Agenda 30. And just so, just so that we mere mortals may rest easy knowing that our future is being planned further out, the globalist visionaries already have an Agenda 2050, which is also called the World in 2050 or TWI 2050. Now, one of the companies that um, the state of Wyoming ingests, um, invests a great deal of money with is BlackRock. Uh, BlackRock is one of the largest funds in the United States. In fact, they're also the, the, they have the largest holdings of property, one of the largest holdings of property in the United States. Uh, what they've been doing is buying up a lot of rental properties and then renting them out in small communities so that uh, you don't get to rent from one person. You get to rent from this fantastic ESG uh, company. But here's what the article says about those guys. Uh, the BlackRock behemoth and its CEO, Larry Fink, are leading proponents of ESG and globalization. Fink is featured prominently in a video on the WEF World Economic Forum website, speaking out at the January 2023 WEF Summit in Davos against fragmentation. In Globospeak, he was denouncing those people and nations who desire to keep their national sovereignty. Now, a lot of pundits on TV and not so much on the radio, but they've tried to tell you that all this ESG uh, Great Reset stuff is really a conspiracy, but it's not. The United States is quickly moving to a digital currency. They're doing that so they can control your money and everything you buy. Think about this. If you have a digital currency and you go, I don't know, to the gas station to fill up your car, they could easily say, well, I'm sorry, Harry, you've exceeded your allotment for gasoline this month. We're not going to allow you to buy any more. Or perhaps if you want to buy a new firearm, like I'm probably going to do this afternoon, Sorry, we're not allowing you to purchase any firearms anymore. The whole thing is about control, and BlackRock is at the center of it. BlackRock has acquired not only an outsized footprint in the global economy, but also a huge influence in the Biden administration. Listen to this. 
Uh, Brian Deese is the former global head of sustainable investing at BlackRock and a former senior advisor to Obama. He's he's now Biden's national on Biden's National Economic Council. Wally Ademo is a former chief of staff to Larry Fink, the CEO at BlackRock. Now he's Biden's deputy secretary, secretary of the Treasury under Janet Yellen. Are things starting to come together for you? Global digital currency and the Biden administration. Here's another one. Thomas Donnellan, a national security advisor in the Obama administration. Now he's right now, he's the chairman of BlackRock's research business. Uh, Dalian Osman Blass um, is a former SEC official. She's now BlackRock's chief of external affairs. BlackRock is also a big player when it comes to political contributions, and they set a record in the 2022 midterms. You see, the Biden administration is heavily involved with BlackRock and all things ESG, which kind of by extension means that you are too, since, <laughs> since they're kind of in charge of the country. Here's what they want to do, and this is probably the most important part and why I brought this up today. What they're trying to do is redefine capitalism. And they say, quote, the World Economic Forum, BlackRock, all of them, they say, by redefining capitalism, we can build a more just and sustainable world. In other words, by redefining capitalism, they can control every facet of your life. Now, if you uh, you can find The New American at thenewamerican.com or you can subscribe to the magazine like I do. Um, it's a great it's a great publication and it'd be well worth your investment. Um, so, well, that'll about do it for today's installment of the program. Just one quick note uh, that I forgot to mention during the program. If you happen to be around Buffalo or Sheridan, on Sunday, April 23rd at 3 o'clock, a guy named Patrick Klein is going to be speaking at the Summit Church. This guy is fascinating. He was arrested in Iran for holding over 300 Bibles. Yeah. Yeah, he had 300 Bibles in, in Iran. That's probably like having a couple pounds of dope in the United States. Oh, no, wait a minute. You wouldn't get prosecuted for that here. Oh, maybe in Wyoming, but not in other places. Anyway, he was arrested with over 300 Bibles in Iran, and his release was secured by um, a woman. And he's going to tell that, in, that entire story in Iran. The reason why the person who secured his release is important is, of course, in Iran, women don't have any rights at all whatsoever. So it's a fascinating story, and if you want to hear him talk, it's April 23rd, 3 o'clock at the Summit Church in Buffalo. Um, it, it, it's going to be a fascinating conversation. I'm going to try to make it myself so that I can record it for you and play it on the program. So anyway, that'll about do it for this installment of Cowboy State Politics Live. For now, from the base of the Bighorns, in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson. This is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.